you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Jim Steinman's Bat Out of Hell, the musical, is playing for a limited run at New York City Center starting August 1st, featuring Meatloaf's timeless hits like Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and I'd Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. It's the winner of Best Musical from the London Evening Standard Theatre Awards 2017. Tickets are on sale now at batoutofhellmusical.com. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG, Marks Grant, alongside the next-gen stats guru, Graham Barfield. Michael Fabiano off this week. Uh, and uh, what? We're, training camps are opening soon, Graham, like in a couple days. It's wild. It is wild. Rookies are reporting today on the 17th uh, for a few teams. Um, yeah, man. It, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's, it's snuck up. I feel like it snuck up on me. A <laughs> it totally did. It is absolutely here now. By the way, if we sound a little bit different today, we are uh, in a conference room, not in our normal studio. They are finishing up some renovations there. So uh, we are kind of uh, nomads for at least another week. Hopefully by next week we'll be back. Uh, Fabs hopefully will be back then as well. And, uh, you know, everything will be sort of back to normal just in time for the start of the season. Got a big show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk something about 
Madden ratings just because they're out and they're fun and they dominated Twitter uh, a couple of days ago. We have a BSOHL alert, our first one of the new season, so we'll talk about that as well. Plus, uh, Ross Tucker will stop by the show. You probably know him from Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, a great guy, knows plenty of football, offensive lineman for seven years in the National Football League. So we'll get his thoughts on O-line play and how it sort of correlates to fantasy and uh, something about some of these top-level running backs that are talking about trying to get paid. But before we do any of that, let's go, I'd say behind the glass, but across the table uh, right now to talk to our faithful <laughs> producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire Murphy. What's up? Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, it's going to be back from vacation. I'm like, all right, get back in the studio with the guys. And I'm like, oh, no, never mind. I know the tra- <laughs> training camps are coming, but it's a good time for our podcast studio to have some renovations. But uh, looking forward to that. But, yeah, I, I'm actually uh, proud of our uh, myself and uh, actually uh, very – uh, thanks to you guys for agreeing to do it in a, in a conference room with our equipment here. So, I mean, look, we got to get it done. Football season's fast approaching. Absolutely, absolutely. Which, by the way, this is a good time to let everybody know that uh, we are hoping to hit a couple of training camps this season. Yes. Uh, we are, what, are we confirmed for the Chargers? I will, yeah, we could uh, tell everyone right now we are confirmed Sweet. Uh, for yes. the Los Angeles Chargers. We, will, uh, we The whole group will be going down to Costa Mesa. Date is like a soft confirm. I think we have a date, uh, mm. but... Uh, We'll see if that uh, if they accept that that date, and then we will be going down there. We will be getting a handful of interviews to players, and we'll spend the day watching uh, their open practice for uh, about two hours. I think it is that day, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to do that. We are we are aiming to try to get one or two more. We'll let you know if that's able to happen, but uh, we're excited because that's a, that's kind of a big deal. There's too many around us not to at least go to one, or right? Two, right. I mean, it's just <laughs> such a, it's such right. an easy opportunity. And the, yeah, the Costa Mesa Chargers with uh, Oxnard Cowboys people. Mm-hmm. Forget about that one. Thousand Oaks is the, the Rams. Uh, the Rams. Yeah. So there's a lot. I mean, we, if we want to keep pushing. We could probably just drive, keep going further north. To like <laughs> hey man, look if we want to go, if we want to go to the Raiders in Napa, I'm, I'm sure my mom will let us crash at her house or something like that for a night. So you know, we'll, the NFL will, up in wine country. Yeah, you know, we're we're by, I, I grew up like ten miles from Napa, so you know, fine. Look, look yeah. I mean, if we have to go to wine country, <laughs> I mean, I'll go. If, if you're suggesting that, then, then I should probably check with my mom first before I just have a bunch of people come crashing at her house. <laughs> I'm, I'm packing now. Uh, all right, so there we go. We've got plenty to talk about. In the meantime, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Well, the first big headline, of course, Melvin Gordon says he wants a new deal. He will hold out if he does not get one. He's saying that uh, he, if he doesn't get a new deal, he'd like to be traded. Whatever. We have gone through this before, Graham. I mean, it was just a year ago that we were talking about Le'Veon Bell in this situation. Uh, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott now also saying that he wants a new deal, that he's trying to get some more money. But you know, we'll see whether or not Zeke holds out. But Melvin Gordon saying that he will hold out. Um, look, forgetting about the economics of this whole thing and negotiations of this whole thing, just brass tacks for fantasy. Are you moving him down? How far do you move him down? I moved him down just a little bit behind James Conner and Joe Mixon. Um, this is still a little different than Bell's situation, though, because Gordon can lose money uh, if he does not show up at camp. He will be getting fined. He is not under, or he's, Bell was not under contract. Gordon is. So if Gordon does not show up to camp, he's going to get fined. Um, I don't know. I, r- I really have no idea how this situation is going to play out. The Chargers have not necessarily been one of the more analytically driven teams in the NFL, which might lend themselves to find a new deal for Gordon um, if they're <laughs> if they're not the uh, the running back truthers um, <laughs> but no I, I, I right now I mean it's it's really kind of an up in the air situation I, I think for now the safe play is to kind of target 
Austin Eckler in the eighth, ninth round. Um, if you're in a draft and you do take Melvin Gordon, maybe if he slips into the second round. Um, but Justin Jackson will be involved too. Um, just a super, super fluid situation. Yeah, I mean, it's one definitely keep an eye on. We'll see what happens once we get kind of into the meat of training camp and once we start to get into the preseason. Um, you know, I don't know that there's been much movement so far uh, on the Chargers side in terms of, of getting a new deal to Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things where, for 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 Gordon, I feel like he is sort of on the edge. Like I wouldn't call him an elite back just yet, but he's a very good running back, and I think that's what makes this difficult. Look, I understand it from like just a total humanist oh, perspective. Totally. Like Melvin Gordon has been slamming into the back of defensive linemen um, for four straight years. Um, I obviously was a first round pick, got more money in his first deal than most running backs do, but still, I mean. I understand he wants to get paid after all of the attrition and all the injuries <laughs> he's taken t- taken over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. By the way, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, he is privately saying, according to reports, that he will hold out of training camp if he doesn't get a new deal. I feel a little bit more confident that the Cowboys will get something done with Zeke. So the Cowboys are going to pay Dak, Cooper, and Zeke? Yeah. And all their defensive players. That Some kind of. Look, I, I do believe the salary cap is sort of an yeah, illusion. You can move illusion. money around and, and sort of make these things happen. Plus, I just think that for for Elliot, he really is such a big part of what the Cowboys yeah. want to do that they will figure out how to pay him. Yeah. Both sides are incentivized there. Yeah. Uh, plus, Jera. You know, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just he just tends to do that kind of stuff um, in Philadelphia. Miles Sanders says he expects the ball to be spread out a lot, and this sort of jives with Doug Peterson, who's very praise, uh, praiseworthy of Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. He was a spreading the love there. Look, this, this only adds to the headache that it comes to the Eagles' offense, especially their backfield. I have sort of been taking some kind of mid-to-late dart throws at Jordan Howard, yeah. but you know, I, I th- I, at this point, I guess it's all speculation. Like, we don't really know right now. The Eagles, I, I mean, Miles Sanders can say what he wants, but the Eagles have been looking for a running back, or, or excuse me, looking to invest in a running back for years now, and they finally did it in Miles Sanders. Spent the 53 overall pick on him. Um, Sanders has been dealing with a slight hamstring problem mm-hmm. um, this offseason. Um, I think he'll be fine for training camp. Uh, it's per- perhaps maybe the reason he's saying this, because he hasn't got a ton of first-team reps. I think we'll see a timeshare uh, between Sanders and Howard to start the year, but Sanders, as a, you know, passing passing down asset is just so far ahead of Howard that gives him so much more upside um but yeah you mentioned it Doug Peterson has always always gone with a running back by committee in fact I think uh his his lead running back has only played over 60 percent of team snaps like three or four times over the past three years they just don't give lion's share touches to their lead runners but that being said I think Sanders by far has the most upside of any running back Peterson has ever had yeah I think you're right but I just you know the fear isn't necessarily that you know Sanders plays poorly or the Jordan Howard. It's it's going to be all these other guys who come in here and just kind of like chip away at the touches. It's Corey Clement. It's you know, it, you know Wendell Smallwood. I don't know if Boston Scott or Donnell Pumphrey get into the mix, but it's just there are so many other guys there who can just jump in and and do just enough. Yep. To take value away from the main guys while not being valuable themselves. And not to mention the Eagles target their tight ends at the highest rate in the league. So some of those dump off passes that would normally go to backs just go to their tight ends in this offense. So, yeah, I mean, they have so many mouths to feed this year, but the Eagles could legitimately uh, be one of the top two or three scoring teams in the NFL. By the way, you mentioned the the dump offs to the tight end. I I should add, I've seen a lot of talk that, you know, Dallas Goddard 
is a guy that people should be targeting. That that he should you know that he could have a, a productive year outside of best ball. And yeah. I just yeah, I just don't yeah. I just don't know that there's enough opportunity there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Zach Ertz is kind of the only skill position guy that I feel confident drafting in this offense, uh, and and that's kind of it because there's just there's just I don't think enough opportunity there for anybody else. Uh, Sonny Michelle says his goal is to be ready for camp. He's had some injuries. He's been dealing with uh, any concern for you there about Sonny Michelle? Of course. <laughs> I mean, Sonny Michelle tore his left ACL in in high school in 2011. Uh, he strained it twice. He's had it drained in the preseason. He had a scope this. May uh, mm-hmm. to, to cause him to miss OTAs. Yeah, I'm very concerned. <laughs> I'm very, very concerned. Um, the Patriots went off uh, this this in the NFL draft this past year, spent the 86 overall pick on Damien Harris. Um, James White will remain involved. I, right now, Marcus, I want no part of Sony Michelle unless it's like just an, a non PPR league and he falls to me in the fifth or sixth round, but in half PPR, full PPR. Uh, where he's going, fourth, fifth round right now, I really don't want any part of that. Yeah, it's been kind of wild because I haven't. I haven't been in a situation where he's fallen to me in a spot where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to make this move. So it hasn't, I haven't even had that dilemma just yet in any drafts that I've been in, but I, I can certainly see it. I mean, you know, we keep saying this was an offense last year that really was built around the running game, and, and Michelle was kind of the closest thing to a workhorse that the Patriots are going to have in this offense. Um, but the one thing we know about Bill Belichick is that he doesn't necessarily marry himself to anyone back. So if showing Michelle is not healthy, um, They'll go somewhere else and find production. Yeah, I know I was lower on Damien Harris coming out, but right now he's like one of the best zero RB targets in the ninth, 10th, 11th round of drafts. Uh, other running back news. This has been a running back heavy news section because, you know, who knew? Uh, Darius Geis dealing with a tweaked hamstring. Obviously missed all of last year with an injury. Um, trying to come back. This is not necessarily great news for his comeback attempt in, in year two. Uh, Graham, this is an offense in Washington that just – there's nothing there that I think excites a whole lot of people. And, you know, I think Geist was one of the few things that people had a little bit of hope for. And, and this, I think, deflates a lot of that. Let's take a step back. If Geist were completely healthy right now, I still don't think we would be overly excited about drafting him. Just because you mentioned this offense is probably going to struggle to score points. Chris Thompson's going to be involved on passing downs when he's healthy. Um, it's just, it's really, really, it's really hard to get excited about a Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins offense for sure. And then you add in all of Geis's, you know, knee issues and now a hamstring problem. It's, um, it's, it's sort of like Sony Michelle. He's, he's off my board until we, uh, till we get some better news. I mean, he's uh, right now a, a late fifth round pick. Uh, I've seen him. I've seen him sliding. I don't think. I, I'm not sure if that might be updated. Uh, right, I've well, seen him sliding, but still, he's probably not going to go in a range where I feel comfortable targeting him ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, you know, we talked about never Dolphins, and it, it, it might be a never Redskins issue. I think it's never Redskins. It, it might yeah. be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- actually, I've made a case for Kalen Balaj late in <laughs> drafts, so uh, I think it's hope. It's, it's mostly hope, but I'm, I'm not drafting anybody from Washington. I'm at least taking shots at somebody yeah. down in Miami. So yeah. There you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Joining us now on the program is Ross Tucker. You likely see him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Had a seven-year NFL career as an offensive lineman. Now is sort of the king of all media, I guess, if you will. Co-founder of Ross Tucker Media with a family of podcasts, including the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and the Fantasy Feast Podcast, which I was fortunate to be a guest on uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Ross, appreciate the time. How are you? 
Of course, Marcus. Good to talk with you again. You killed it when you came on a couple weeks ago. It was great to have you on in the Fantasy Feast. You did excellent. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, uh, we want to get you on because we wanted to talk offensive line, which isn't necessarily something we talk a lot about on a fantasy football podcast. But, you know, it's one of those things, Ross, where anybody who watches football can tell you the importance of having a good offensive line. But it's one of those things where I don't know that most football fans can sort of you – know, differentiate or, or tell you about what makes good offensive line play. So for you, as somebody who, who did it, who talks about it, who sort of has lived this life, if you are a beginner and you're trying to learn what is good versus bad offensive line play, what do you tell people that they should look for? Yeah, it's a great question. And I would say usually you can get a pretty good sense of it just by watching the game. But if you're looking for actual metrics to track, there are some good websites out there that have some advanced metrics, but in terms of like the NFL.com stats, yards per carry is usually a pretty good one as is sacks allowed. Now there's a lot of things that go into sacks. So like I said, whether it's, you know, pro football focus or football outsiders or whatever, they'll have other different, more advanced metrics to kind of judge offensive lines. But when I was playing Marcus, you know, in the old days, 2001 to 2008, <laughs> before, uh, before the numbers take over, I know our offensive line coaches always took a lot of pride in our yards per carry, as well as are sacks allowed hits allowed on the quarterback. And I tell people from a fantasy perspective, I don't really ever think offensive line should be the determining factor or reason and why you draft or don't draft somebody. But I do think if you've got two guys closely ranked or two guys that you're deciding between, I think offensive lines a pretty good tiebreaker. And a lot of times you, you decide between these two guys and man, the one has a much better offensive line. Go with that. Go with that guy. Hey, Ross, it's Graham here. Um, you mentioned the analytics have kind of changed in the past like 10 years. Do you think that if you were playing now, you like how would you use analytics to help you be a better player? Um, because I think there's so much information for all us, for all of us out there now. And a lot of it's really cool, but some of it's pretty noisy. What do you think you would use to make you a better offensive lineman? Well, first of all, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that they're not because I think for some reason I think the analytics would have had me be even worse than I already was. <laughs> you think, you think you'd, be th you'd be thinking too much out there, thinking about thinking about how you're performing? No, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant when I, I think when I didn't look real pretty uh, when I did what I did. So I guess I wonder if like the pro football focus people that rate players that they'd be like, Oh man, what was that? That's a, that's a minus. That's a negative. So I don't think so though, actually, because those guys do a pretty good job of you either get the job done or you don't. I think what they have done a much better job of Graham is being able to put data behind what we were already doing. Right. So I would sit there and I would, I would watch the guy I was going against and I'd watch him in every obvious passing situation because I wanted to see when he knew a pass was coming, what moves he would throw, what was his go-to move, what was his best move, right? So if there were 38 of those situations in the four-game breakdown, I'd kind of say, okay, he likes, he likes a one-arm stab. He likes, uh, he likes a quick inside rip. And he kind of had that sense. Now 
they hand the guys that information. I mean, they still watch the video, but they don't need to actually go through. And I'll tell you what, one of the reasons why I was so impressed with Jonah Williams, just as an aside, the Bengals first round pick out of Alabama, who unfortunately isn't going to play this year. Now that he had surgery on a torn labrum in his shoulder, he had like spider chart graphs where he would have the volume of how many times the guy he was going against through every move and then how successful they were. Right. I mean, if a guy did, you know, an out, a spin move a lot, but was never really successful with it, he would note that, but wouldn't be overly worried about it nearly as much as the moves that the guy did a lot and had a lot of success with. So I just think that that stuff is all now on paper and you can look at it and say, okay, 72% of the time, this guy's going to bull. This guy likes to come with speed. Whereas before I was kind of watching those plays and I wouldn't really, you know, I'd write it down, but I, I wouldn't have the, the probability stuff and the numbers behind it. Yeah. You know, uh, Ross, you, you talk about, you know, the way analytics have sort of changed it and the information these guys have. But the game itself is so different now than when you first started playing. I mean, in terms of, of teams throwing the ball a lot more than they did before, how much has that changed not only how offensive line is, is played, but, you know, what, what teams are looking for in offensive linemen? Well, I think it's changed a lot. I think the college game has changed things a lot, right? I mean, you see a lot more spread, a lot more trying to get rid of the ball, quickly that was sort of coming into vogue at the very tail end of my career i can remember that brady loved empty sets which is interesting because you think of you know patriots running back out of the backfield a lot but in his mind there's nothing you know the defense can't really disguise anything if it's an empty set you have five receivers out there they kind of got to show whether or not it's man or zone. And if they're going to come with a blitz, it's very, very obvious because there's nobody else to back up that guy who's going to be coming and blitzing. So you can tell where the blitz was coming from. I think specifically as least offensive linemen, they're really looking for more athletic guys and they're really looking for better pass blockers. You know, you don't see teams having the same volume of runs. And even when they do, so much of it is predicated on tempo and inside zone, outside zone, as opposed to, you know, a lot of downhill running where you really wanted more people movers up front. Ross, the, uh, the Cardinals have probably, the Cardinals have been in the, 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 uh, the headlines all offseason for a lot of different reasons, but their offensive line is a gigantic question mark heading, heading into 2019. They added right tackle Marcus Gilbert this offseason from the Steelers, which should help a little bit. But, you know, we were talking a little bit about how offensive line play has, has changed. How do you think Cliff Kingsbury is going to approach kind of the shaky offensive line here in 2019? So the things that Kingsbury does that I really like, first of all, it's interesting. So here at Texas Tech, they were really the first school I can remember. I think this is a Mike Leach thing to have really wide splits. And I'll just be curious if he brings that philosophy to the NFL. The idea with wide splits is, is the defenders line up across from the offensive linemen in their gap. So the wider the splits you have, the further away the defenders are starting to play from the quarterback. So that was part of the logic. But then you're also opening up some space for guys to stunt and for blitzers. So I'll be curious what he does there. I think Kingsbury's offense is going to be very healthy 
for the offensive line because it is a lot of getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly from the shotgun. So it's a lot of quick game. They can be aggressive, try to get the defender's arms down. And even in the running game, guys, if you have a quarterback that's like Kyler Murray, I, I think he's the fastest quarterback I've ever seen. And I know about Michael Vick. I know about Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray, man, holy crap. That guy is electric. And even just the threat of him pulling the ball and running it the opposite way on his own read, read option, that is very valuable because it forces at least one defender to hang on the backside and to be responsible for that. So the offensive line should get better angles in the running game. It's one reason why I'm like stunned at how low people are on David Johnson. You know, I, I tell people a lot and I, I don't talk uh, as much as Evan Silva does on the fantasy Feast <laughs> podcast, because he's more of the expert than I am. But I do look at like where people have Garoppolo ranked and David Johnson ranked. And I just think, man, there's a reason why these guys were such sought after commodities a year ago. And I wouldn't let, you know, one injury or one subpar year, let you just wipe them off the map. I think there's value there and taking those guys a little bit higher than, than they're going right now. No, I, I agree. I've been really big on David Johnson this off season, but since you mentioned running backs, uh, a couple of guys in the news lately, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, you're talking about trying to negotiate new deals right now. Um, look, we all know that without an offensive line, no running back in the world is going to get any kind of forward progress. But have we reached a point now where, I mean, so many people keep talking about the replaceability of running backs. But I just, I'm wondering, are these top level guys really that easily replaceable in an offense? Well, I can tell you that, Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the chargers doesn't feel that way because I would talk to him quite a bit. You know, I talked to him every week last year on my radio show and I would mention, you know, I'm a big Austin Eckler guy. So I'd say, you know, why don't you get Austin? Uh, Melvin had a good game. Why don't you get Austin Eckler the, the ball a little bit more? And then especially when, when Melvin was hurt, but if you look, uh, you know, Eckler was not as productive when Melvin was hurt in terms of being the guy and carrying the load, as I thought he would be, it seems like he's much more productive when he is the second back. And when he does have, you know, a limited volume of touches in that game, And I think sometimes, you know, especially if you're a third down back, like Eckler, the situation that you, you're put in can help your statistics, you know, whether it's a draw on third and 20 and the defense concedes 10 yards, you get 15 looks good for your yards per carry but maybe it wasn't that impressive. I, I do think that elite running backs can make a difference, but man, they're not helping their argument recently with what CJ Anderson did with the Rams and, and Gurley's knee. And I, I don't think, I, by the way, if I were Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott, I would hold out if I were both those guys. I don't really think the Chargers are going to pay him. I think the Chargers would take their chances early in the season with Eckler and see how that goes. The Cowboys are a little different story just because they run the offense through Zeke and they don't have as good of a backup running back on the roster as the chargers do. So I'll be curious to see how both those situations play out, but man, I don't blame those guys for holding out. I'd probably be thinking the same thing if I were them as a running back, trying to get the money while you can. But if I'm the team's, I also probably wouldn't relent. Not a real good track record with running backs that get paid. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, no doubt. Ross, we appreciate the time. We appreciate the insight. Uh, folks should check you out on Twitter and, of course, across your family of podcasts at Ross Tucker Media. Hey, uh, enjoy the season coming up. I know you're doing stuff with the Eagles, right? It's got to be exciting for you. Yeah, man. I grew up outside of Philly, so to do the Eagles preseason games on TV will be very cool. They never, Andy Reid and Juan Castillo never wanted me on the team. So, um, the, the heck with those guys. I found a way to kind of get on the team anyway, and I'm on TV. It's awesome. So, whatever happened to those guys? Andy Reid hasn't done anything since then anyway. Never, so. never heard of him. He just faded away. Who knows? <laughs> hey, Ross, appreciate the time. Take care, man. All right, see you guys. Thanks again to Ross Tucker for his time. Uh, a, a great guest. This is a, a great conversation. And I know we don't we don't talk offensive line a whole lot, but it's it is so important. Un- it's so underrated, man. It's so, so underrated. I'm doing some of our team previews here and going through offensive lines, mm-hmm. and it really is one of the most underrated facets in fantasy. Ross said it perfectly. Like It's one of those things where I don't think it should make or break your pick, but it definitely should be uh, one, of the, one of the bits of information you're trying to at least include in your analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Kind of weirdness, sort of fantasy, but sort of not. Uh, I'm sure if you were on Twitter or just breathing in the last uh, few days, you saw the news about the Madden ratings that came out. Madden 20 is going to hit stores uh, very, very soon. And so that means the ratings are coming out. And uh, you probably saw the fact that a lot of players, not thrilled. (laughs) Not (laughs) thrilled with their numbers. Uh, Keenan Allen posted a video on Twitter saying he's boycotting the game. I think the, the money quote was his strength was like a I think a 69. He said he's like, they, they have me like a little child or something like that. Yeah, his strength is at a 69. He, he basically complained that they made him out to be like a child <laughs> in terms of his strength. Um, I saw Mike Evans was complaining that the Madden uh, game makers don't watch film. So. <laughs> I mean... He might be right. <laughs> you know, he, he really might be right. Uh, I know, uh, I think uh, Tyron Matthew complained that Deshaun Watson is an 82. So Demarcus Lawrence just got like a boatload of money from Dallas, and he was complaining about his Madden rating too. But he's like a 97. Yeah, I know. He's one of the best defensive ends. All right, so now I... <laughs> I mean, I, I say this mostly as a joke, right? Like, we don't look at these things and figure, like, and use them for fantasy, right? I mean, I... I hope not, but I would imagine there's somebody out there who bear looks at these and is like, "Oh man, this guy's an 82." Like, I don't, I don't know that I want him on my team this year. Yeah, I hope people aren't doing that. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, it's it's it was kind of funny. Just people love to get outraged now. I guess on Twitter, I only play Madden Ultimate Team, so I haven't even paid attention to like the set of overall <laughs> ratings in two or three years. Um, so it's. I don't know. People but, just like to find things to get angry about. So but here's a better question. Like, flip this around. Mm-hmm. Should maybe the folks who do Madden yes. come to the fantasy community? And and help and use them to help kind of create some of their ratings. One thousand percent. Because I, I don't know of a community man that like spends more time degening in the offseason like in May <laughs> and June. Like looking into deep analytics about how these teams are gonna how these teams are gonna play, how these players what their player outlooks are. Absolutely, man. Should EA should reach out to uh to, to us. I mean, if they want to have you and I as independent I, look, I'm down to do it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know some I, folks over there. Maybe we can just put in a call, lob in a phone call, and uh, see if that helps. Yeah. Um, I was going through some of these guys, though, and, and some, of the, some of the ratings, um, and just kind of finding them sort of interesting. Uh, I don't know that I have an emotional reaction one way or another to some of these. but You don't? I know, I know. I'm, I'm doing God, it wrong. Marcus. I'm going to get kicked off Twitter now because of this. Um, Todd Gurley is a 97, and I, just, I find it funny because he's the one guy that everyone is so panicked about this year after the knee injuries and not knowing what's going to happen and, and watching him fall down draft boards. Folks at EA are like, whatever. Todd yeah. Gurley's still fine. Yeah, we don't care. We don't yeah. care. Yeah, we don't care. Um, Tom Brady, 
Now, this one shocked me. A 96 yeah. for Tom Brady. This feels like a legacy move right it, here. It is. It is a legacy move. Um, Tom Brady... <laughs> Tom Brady hasn't been able to like really efficiently push the ball 30 plus yards downfield in maybe a couple seasons. I feel like that should maybe hurt your Madden rating. I would think so. Um, I, I, I'm going there. There are no there are no running back. Gurley is the highest rated running back at 97. So there's nobody above 98. Antonio Brown is still a 98. That's, that's a legacy rating too. I think. Uh, I think so. He's awesome, but yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going through Melvin Gordon is a 92, which I don't know if that helps or hurts him in his attempt to, uh, to get a new do, contract. Do you think Melvin Gordon's going up, going up to the Chargers brass and saying, hey, I'm a 92. <laughs> I'm a 92. I'm a 92. Pay me like a 92. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey is only a 91. Uh, I will say they got a lot of the defenders right, like Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Bobby Wagner, like so many do- dominant defensive players. David Bakhtiari is a 97, uh, left tackle for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think people probably are <laughs> because of Beckham's injuries. I, I know we all love the talent, but I think I saw some outrage over Odo Beckham being at 96 and like <laughs> some of the some of the big time receivers who have stayed healthy uh, being a little bit lower in the 90s. But but yeah, um, and there are by the way there are, probably should have said this off the top. There are four 99 players: uh, Aaron Donald, DeAndre Hopkins, Khalil Mack, and Bobby Wagner are your four 99s. Which I believe there was a uh, I don't know if it's still there. There was a big mural out on Venice Boulevard that had all four 99 guys up. Um, it may still be there if you're in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, drive by, I believe it's at the intersection of Venice and Western. It may still be there through the weekend. So uh, if you have a shot, go go check it out. It's, uh, I've seen pictures of it. It looks pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, those are the four 99 guys there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a 97. J.J. Watt is a 97. I'm, I'm now upset online. <laughs> on the podcast. Saquon Barkley's 91. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, I just... I didn't notice. I didn't see that one. Yeah, I, you know, that, I, I was surprised there wasn't more of a stink made about that one as well. So, um... We should I, we should immediately, when we get done with the show, text Matt and just say very, very... Yeah, you know, our, our old pal, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Franciscovich, the franchise, is, uh, is working over there at EA. So maybe I will. I'll, I'll hit him up once we're done here and say, you know, we, we want in next year on some of these ratings meetings so we can kind of help out a little bit. It could be like a joint venture. We can make a, we can, we can create social content, right? That's what everybody wants. They, yeah. want, they want more social content, so we'll create it that way. Um, finally, as we wrap this thing up today, a little bit of a shorter show, uh, it's this time of year where guys are getting back into training camp and you start to hear everybody's in the best shape of his life. BSOHL, I did a little bit last year. We have these BSOHL alerts. Want to bring them back again this year because... Why not? They're fun. Uh, the first one I've come across, Patrick Mahomes, Graham says he's shedding baby fat in the offseason. He's trying to lose three to five pounds. Everybody's talking about regression with Patrick Mahomes, but how can he regress when he's going to be in the best shape of his life this year? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes, um, Mahomes did have a little bit of a belly, though. I'm not going to lie. Coming out, he did, but like most, who cares? I mean, he's like maybe got the best arm talent of any quarterback to ever come out ever. Well, plus, I mean, it's just, I think it's a thing that you get with guys. I mean, I know he wasn't directly out of college last year, but there's something with, you know, when you're in school and you don't necessarily, you don't, your whole life isn't devoted to working out all the time, where, like, when you become a pro, you, you have more time to do that. Also, Patrick Mahomes shedding baby fat at eight, uh, 23 years old, <laughs> years old. <laughs> you got some issues, man. I've got a, I've got a BSO, uh, BS, BSOHL. Wow. Easy for you to say. Not much. Uh, not very easily. Uh, said for me, but no, Ronald Jones had oh. put on like 15 pounds. Of, apparently, Ronald Jones put on like 15 pounds of muscles this wow. offseason um, in an attempt to, I guess, play more. 
I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering how little he played last year, it wouldn't take much to play more. Yeah. But um, I've, I've been back and forth on Ronald Jones this offseason. You know, the, the, the Bucks didn't do anything in terms of shoring up their backfield, which kind of made me optimistic. Then there were reports that, you know, Peyton Barber is still going to be the lead and he'll still get most of the touches. Now you're hitting me with this BSOHL stuff yep. that he's, you know, trying to bulk up and get and muscle up. Um, so maybe? I'm sorry. It was not 10 to 15 pounds. It was very specifically 13 pounds of muscle. That's very specific. Yeah, but Ronald Jones is a speed guy. Putting on muscle does not make me any more likely to draft him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think some of the excitement, at least for me, is around the fact that it's a Bruce Arians offense now yeah. and wondering what that does for him and, and how that can can boost his, his opportunities. But, hey, man, he's in the best shape of his life, so that's got to count for something. So there Absolutely. It there it is. <laughs> All right. That's it. We are done. Hey, thanks again to Ross Tucker for stopping by and, and chatting with us uh, again today. Be sure to check him out at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and check out his family of podcasts at Ross Tucker Media. We'll be back next week, as always, uh, in our regular time. In fact, uh, very soon we'll be going to two shows a week now that we're into uh, the preseason. We'll keep you updated on when that happens. Uh, you know, just keep an eye out or keep an ear out, whatever. Uh, hopefully Fabs will be back next week. We'll be back in the studio. Everything will be fine. It'll be great. We appreciate you listening as always. You know the deal. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, the early bird gets the worm, but who wants worms anyway? We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.